morning, Pat the Warren Podcast. This is Matt Warren. It's episode 57. In this episode, I, I want to talk about um, this visual that I just heard about in a reading, and it, it really was mind-boggling. Um, what I'm planning to do, and this is good because it helps me talk it through and visualize it before I actually do it, what I want to do is I want to draw an onion with roots and leaves. So why do, why do I want to do that? Well, I've often talked about in previous podcasts about, and everybody in recovery has pretty much heard how what you realize, once you start discovering about yourself, you know, you start to, to discover that there's so many layers to this getting well and dealing with our resentments and our traumas from the past that it's often like peeling back an onion, you know, one layer at a time. Once you peel off one layer, you know, you're free from that, that baggage and that bondage of that layer. Once you peel it back, then there's another one there. You peel it back, there's another one there. <laughs> You know, and uh, these are healthy. This is all part of the self-discovery, finding out, you know, what are the causes and conditions that got me here? What was it about my, my early childhood that made me act in this manner? You know, how did I build what we call these character defects? These character defects were defense mechanisms. These were... These are how I operated. This is what I needed in order to survive. Um, and it's fascinating. Well, I've really mentioned this many times, but I'll, I'll just go through it. And what I've realized is the early traumas, and there's a podcast about big T's and little T's, you know, a capital T, a big T is a big trauma, and you have little T's, which are little traumas. Uh, but they're all traumas, and they're all very important. Uh, those are the roots to this onion. So if I'm going to draw a visual, I've got the recovery and the spiritual life and the healthy, happy, joyous, and free life. Those are represented in the leaves coming out of the top of the, the bulb of the onion. Uh, you know, prosperity financial security uh, free from the fear of others uh, the fear of people you know has been lifted all of these are the leaves that I want to grow out of the onion so it's like these bulbs <laughs> the bulb of the onion has layers around it that cover the onion if you're sticking with this visual with me and as it's growing as we're learning about ourselves, we're losing those layers. Just like a bulb, when you're planting a bulb, let's say garlic, for example, that's a good example. When you stick it in the ground, it just looks like the bulb you buy from the store. But what happens, those roots establish with a little bit of water and nourishment and uh, nutrients in the soil, you know, a little time. <laughs> a little time, a little nurture, a little water, a little sunlight. Uh, 
it causes the leaves to grow and the leaves the plant is using the nutrients captured in that bulb and the bulb just pretty much like deteriorates and falls away and it's not useful anymore there's no need for it that is exactly what getting sober and finding a new way of living is like it's exactly like it it's just blowing my mind so what I'm doing is I'm trying to find those roots what are the roots what is it exactly that caused me to have a big ego what is it that caused me to have so much pride why in the world do you know I consider myself a workaholic you know because I used it as an escape mechanism when I needed to escape <laughs> uh, but well when was that what was that and, and to go back and find the roots of, of, of this onion I can draw it out on a map and I'm planning to do this uh, I also thought about drawing a timeline um, and having it to you know having it be like a uh, timeline on a wall and I can actually do this in mind manager uh, the software I'm using is like a big mind map uh, that's actually the best place to do it but uh, what are these traumas and when did they happen so for example yesterday in our um, I was meeting with my action partner you know we get together every Wednesday and Saturday morning at 6 a.m. and we have a set time from 6 to 7 we meet or or, or meet over the phone uh, but we're both stationary we're not walking or we're not running you know driving down the road where we're sitting there we're talking about what's going on we spend the first half of the meeting uh, getting current and the second half of the meeting we're either working on um, some resentments that we have or we're going through uh, my 200 page book and we're working on really thinking through the causes and conditions of of this this disease um, yesterday we were working on one of my aunts and uh, my mom had three sisters and she had a, an aunt and uh, oh, excuse me she had three sisters and then she had a half sister so there were situations that happened that mom still tells me about where this half-sister was married to a drug addict and uh, this drug addict, you know, it's one thing to be a drug addict. It's another thing to be a drug addict with your two front teeth where they have a hole <laughs> for like a cigarette or a crack pipe, you know, when so much decay and deterioration happens in your two front teeth that you have a hole in your two front teeth <laughs> you're using a lot of drugs and smoking a lot of something I mean it was like you could give an example you could stick a pencil you can close your mouth stick a pencil between the bottom you know, the bottom bite, the bottom jaw, and the top. 
and around that hole where the pencil would be coming up into the top of your jaw, the top two teeth, and the front two teeth, it was like yellow, <laughs> yellowish brownish, um, right above the, the, the hole. And I don't know, you know, I'm sitting here like trying to go through my education on drugs and figure out what was it that he was on. You know, it, 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 was he a meth head? Was he using meth? Was it crack? Uh, he didn't have enough money to buy cocaine. And cocaine wouldn't do that, you know. He's smoking something. And I can't figure out what it is. Um, but there's a lot of questions that I've got after we talked yesterday. Because I want to know what age I was when my mom called DSS on this aunt's children. I want to know how old I was. Um, was I even born? You know, it, it, it's a pretty impactful scene that I'm trying to recreate because, you know, my mom is still holding on to this resentment. She's still got, I mean, she still re- replays it. Because once this aunt of mine figured out that my mom was the one that called DSS on her children, that aunt came and was like beating down and trying to knock on the door and, and, and beat down the front door of my mom's house. So my mom went through a major traumatic event. Um, there's so many questions like was, did the other sisters that were my mom's actual sisters, not the half sister, were those two sisters supportive of my mom? Did they help her? Did they try to calm you know, the half sister down? Did they did they hold a lot of grudges after my mom did this? Um, you know, I, I remember her telling a story about how the reason why she called and kind of like the, the, the deal breaker that caused her to um, call DSS was when the, the, the husband, my uncle, the husband was uh, taking the children down by the river and neglecting them and using drugs and, and getting high down by the river while he was supposed to be watching them and taking care of them. Um, so I'm trying to process all of this. Uh, good for her. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that she had the, you know, the willpower and the determination to pick up for the kids makes me wonder why my aunts you know why did my other two aunts stick up and do that right why didn't they stand up and, and say something uh, but I I really wonder why I don't know the, 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 there's a lot I'm trying to work through and figure out because what I'm realizing too is like we are we are rescuers. As codependents, I, I'm, I'm a codependent. I tend to rescue people, and I'm attracted to people that need rescuing. So I've heard of some people in recovery that realize they are codependents and have codependent behaviors, um, and they 
will not sponsor people because they get attached and when someone needs rescuing they automatically you know get get super attached and you know their their feelings become your feelings and so i i'm wondering about all that if i should actually sponsor people and, and anytime soon um but that that's not a subject I haven't finished my steps, so I'm not even at that point of trying to figure that out. I've got to finish my own steps first. Um, what I want to know, what I want to know is, my my mom had a major tra- traumatic event happen. When did? all of this gets smoothed out you know when did it did somebody did my aunt come to my mom and say you know what i'm so grateful that you called dss on my on my husband i know he was a a drug addict and messed up on drugs did that happen or did my mom go to my aunt and say you know what i shouldn't i shouldn't have stepped in your business I want to know how it got smoothed out because they're supposed to be like tight today (laughs) they're supposed to be uh, buddy buddy especially after mama died and I need to know how that got smoothed out because I don't think anybody is working a, a recovery program maybe it just took a bunch of time you know maybe it took a bunch of time and all of a sudden they're cool again I I I don't know I'm dying to know. Um, so we'll figure that out. Uh, one event that I'm trying to forget about, that's not the best way to say it, because we don't regret the past and we don't wish to shut the door on it. But a quick story I remember having the cops called on me when. When I was using, uh, I had been out all night, been to the strip club uh, with coworkers, mind you. <laughs> I took our interns out and we were gonna have a big party at the strip club. Um, I stayed out all night. My wife was worried sick about me. Came home the next day. My Tahoe was parked in the backyard. And when I woke up, really confused mid-morning on a, I think it was a Sunday I woke up real confused dazed and confused I looked outside and I heard my dad's voice and my uncle's voice I looked out the window and I walked into the kitchen looked out the kitchen window to the backyard to try to see where my wife was because normally my wife you know I hear her walking around the house I hear her coming to try to wake me up, you know, things like that. Well, my, my dad and my uncle were unloading my Tahoe in the backyard. And I had, at this time, convinced myself that instead of getting sober, it's a better idea to move out of the house. And so I went through our closet, attic, storage uh, upstairs, and I had loaded the Tahoe with like paintings, <laughs> paintings that I liked because I was going to 
put them in my new apartment or house somewhere when I, you know, moved out of the house because I was going to be kicked out of the house. I knew it. Um, instead of getting sober, it was a better idea to move out and keep drinking and drugging. At least that's what I, I didn't think there was a way out. Really, this is who I am. This is what I do. And I was lost and confused and hurt. You know, abandoned. I, but long story short is I I had when I walked into the kitchen from being, you know, woken up by hearing these voices in the backyard. On the kitchen counter was my safe. And I carried this safe everywhere. I had, it, it was a little blue, uh, little blue box that had a handle on it and you could carry it. It's like a fireproof safe. You can buy them at Lowe's. Um, and I had in there like the titles to the card. I had in there uh, my, my marijuana. I had in there my Adderall, my pills, Xanax. I locked it up. <laughs> um, and I kept this, I kept my weed and my, my pipe in there. Um, and it was full of change, so it made a lot of noise. But it was opened up, laid out on the kitchen counter. My wife, I guess, when I had passed out the night before after going to the strip club. I guess my wife had found my key next to the bed because she opened it up and went through it and, and I think she called my dad and said I need help with Matt I don't know what's going on with Matt I need help he's on he was out all night the night before I know he's on drugs and I don't know what to do she was scared so my uncle who is uncle Jamie who had 30 years of sobriety 30 plus years came over with my dad and they went through they had searched top to bottom my car they had pulled out air fresheners that I had under the uh, under the seat thinking that they were drugs they had searched my car top to bottom and uh, I flipped out I took my safe as they were still in the backyard I took my safe slammed it closed ran out the front door threw it in the bushes um, in the front. I, I, there's a couple camellias out front. I threw it in the bushes to try to hide it because I didn't want them to take my weed. All I was concerned about was my drugs. You don't take my, you don't take my drugs. Um, if you're an addict, you know, you'll go to any length to protect your stash. Well, um, you know, they heard and saw the commotion and saw, saw that I was awake. And so Jamie and Megan, I think, came through the back door to meet me through the back door. Dad walked around to the front door. He saw my safe was in the camellias. And he picked up the safe and started walking toward, again, around the back of the house toward the, um, toward the, the, his car in the back I think he was going to put the safe in, the, in his car or something and I saw that he had grabbed it through the window I, through the kitchen window I saw that he had picked it up and was walking toward his car with my safe and my, my stash so I run out the front door run down the walkway grab the safe what are you doing that's my safe 
and I tackle it from him. I grab the safe with both arms like I'm tackling a rugby football out of somebody's, you know, chest. Grab the football, grab the safe and grab it and turn it. And I take off and I run with it. And he said, I'm calling the police. This is my dad telling me, I'm calling the cops. You're sick, you need help. And I run off and I take my safe and I run down the road, uh, turn on Pinewood Drive, run b- behind my neighbors, um, Frank and Mary's house. I jumped the fence, stashed the safe behind their backyard so, so nobody could find it. And uh, it wasn't, and I hid. I hid. They started looking for me, started calling for me. I, I just hid. I was hiding in the back yard of my neighbor's house. And uh, when the ambulance came, one ambulance came and a cop car came and they had gloves on, like tackling gloves. And uh, they wanted to talk to me. Well, by that time, I went in the back door of Frank and Mary's house. I said, Frank, I'm scared. They called the cops. They called the cops. And my dad was talking to the ambulance driver and the cops and I don't know what they said, but Frank said, let's just go talk to your dad. Let me go talk to your dad. So Frank went and talked to my dad and uh, they convinced me to ultimately, and once he said he was going to talk to my dad, I ran outside and uh, hid back behind his shed. Well, the cops and the ambulance driver ultimately came back there and found me and started talking to me and um, I wasn't going with them. I was not consenting to go to the the hospital. No way. Um, No way. I was not ready. I had not hit rock bottom yet. Um, So... You know, it reminds me of the story of the DSS worker. I was pissed. You know, I, I know how upset my aunt must have been when she realized that my mom had called DSS on her, on her husband. Because I was so pissed at Megan. I was so pissed at my dad. Um, but... The difference here is that I'm working the program and I'm not trying to, you know, pat myself on the back. I'm just saying the only way that I know to make it better and make it right and remove those resentments, they say in the program that resentments are our number one offender for going back out and using drugs and alcohol, these, these old hidden resentments. So I've got to get rid of these things. Well, through step eight, where we made a list of people that we had harmed, I listed my parents, of course, and I listed my dad, and I wrote those letters to them. And now today, I don't have that resentment of them calling the cops. They did the best they could, you know? They did the best they could. I'd have called the cops on me too. Uh, So... What I'm trying to do is is go back and, and realize those early onion roots. What are the roots that caused me to feel abandoned, caused me to flip out, 
And if I can get those pinpointed, then it doesn't make them better. It just gives clarity to me. It also makes me realize that I'm not a bad person. I'm a sick person trying to get better. So I hope this was of some benefit to you. It's obviously hard to talk about <laughs> again, but you know they say being vulnerable is um, the path to relationships and relationships are the key to life. So I'm trying to, to work on this. Share this with somebody that might benefit. Subscribe up and check out the pathtowarren.com blogs. Hope you have a wonderful day and remember to make your contribution. Thank you.